When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. And Nick, quickly, I, I want to talk about, uh, we were at the halfway point of the season. Um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on, if you had to name a, a team MVP, you know, through through eight games, you said this guy has kept this team together. He's the one that's kept this this season alive. Who would be your team MVP? If you even if you have one, and then we'll dive into someone that maybe hasn't impressed you, or, or a few people that maybe um, haven't impressed you, or uh, you can even mention several guys in this team MVP, Nick. But who would you maybe say stands out to you eight games through this season? Well, I mean, the, the MVP right now would be uh, Pat Sutan. And I know when you look at the scorecard, I mean, there's not a lot of uh, pick sixes. Uh, he's not scoring a lot. But just the fact that some teams are even taking like Deion Sanders type of approach when they play him and not really throw at him that much because they know what he's capable of. But, you know, we, we've watched that PS2 change his game right before our eyes. Some people said last year when he played that he wasn't uh, a great tackler. He was a great cover guy, but he wasn't a great tackler being an all-around corner. And I think he took that to heart coming into this year, and he's kind of worked on that. We've seen a lot of games, especially going back to that Jacksonville Jaguar game. I think it was Travis Etienne that he came up and gave him a nice little solid pop. So that was a guy, you know, that when I look at this team, and there are a couple other guys that I can throw out there as well. Alex Singleton could be one of those guys, and I know he doesn't seem as though – he would be uh, in a running for an MVP. But just think about what he did in that Chargers game. And a guy who wasn't looked at as a starting linebacker, but uh, an, a nice backup, plan B. But the guy's playing both special teams and he's playing starting linebacker. And that is a difficult task. I know how difficult that is because I too have been in that situation where you have defensive responsibilities and you have to play a uh, special team. So, you know, my 1A would definitely be uh, PS2. And I would say maybe a, a, a distance away would be Alex, Alex Singleton based on how he's performed in a role that no one's really expected him to really be a, a middle linebacker for this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Sertan's the right answer. Um, I think you nailed that. The other guy that I was going to mention is Draymond Jones. Uh, yeah. He's having a really good year. Uh, and obviously there's been the talks of, you know, with Bradley – being traded that kind of opens up some cap space to sign Draymond Jones to a long-term deal. And it sounds like that's something Broncos want to do. So I would say Draymond Jones, Pat Sertan. I think Alex Singleton's an interesting one because he's played quite a bit more than probably anticipated because of Josie Jewell's injury. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of him in the second half of the season as well. I think Justin Simmons, you could have an argument. I know he hasn't played a ton because he was hurt for those few weeks, uh, but the interception against Jacksonville, might have saved the season right like they're about to be down 14 to nothing in that game and he comes up with just one of, i think one of his best interceptions of his career and he's had some really good ones i i think that he could he could make an argument 
Uh, I don't think there's anybody on offense that I would be like is the MVP. Um, you know, I some guys have had some nice games. You know, Cortland Sutton really started the season well. Uh, I think Greg Dulcich would would be if you had to pick a rookie, right? And to say, oh, they're the rookie of the year halfway through the season, it'd be Greg Dulcich. I think that he's played really well and has, has boosted this offense the last few weeks. Um, you know, I think Nick Benito is starting to play a little bit better. But um, who's maybe a guy, Nick, on the opposite side that you say, man, I had high expectations for him. I think I, I think we probably all have the same person in mind here. We had such high expectations for this guy coming in the season. He just hasn't lived up to him yet. You know, my guy would be Cortland Sutton. Because when I look at Corden, big body wide receiver, you don't have uh, Tim Patrick. I felt with his experience and the, I guess the lack of experience or, or or better term, lack of targets for Jerry Judy that Cortland Sutton was going to emerge as the Broncos' number one wide receiver. But we haven't really seen that as of late. Uh, why is that the case? I'm not really 100% sure. But we're not seeing a guy who is running his routes with a sense of urgency. He's not attacking the ball in the air. So whatever was the problem heading into the bye, I'm hoping that they fixed it. Because also, when you look at Cortland Sutton, once again, you go back to his size because that gives him, you know, an unfair advantage against DBs who are smaller than he is. But I expected him to be a little more physical on the outside when it came to blocking on screen plays, but more importantly, on run plays as well. I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen other guys do it. KJ Hamler's not a big guy, but he's out there trying to dig out linebackers and block safeties. And this is something that Tim Patrick well, was was he excelled at. George was being able to make those blocks, and it doesn't have to be a bone crushing block. But I need to see Cortland Sutton definitely pick it up. So I'm just a little disappointed in what I've seen from him thus far. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Cortland's in that conversation. Mine's, mine's Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. um, and I think that a lot of people would probably say that. I just I, we had such high expectations for him. I mean, we were talking playoffs, and some people were talking, you know, Super Bowl and and things like that. Like that's the type of difference maker he was going to be. And th- I will say though, I don't know how much of it's on him. It's the same thing that I said in an earlier segment. It's the chicken or the egg, right? Like how much do you place the blame on Russell? How much do you blame blame on on Nathaniel Hackett, how much do you put on – I mean, we haven't even talked about the offensive line. You could say the offensive line as a total unit has been uh, obviously disappointing this season, uh, and a large part of that is, is arguably injuries. Um, so I think you could make an argument for almost every guy on offense other than maybe Greg Dulcich, who I think is uh, you know, past expectations. I think he's playing really good football right now. I think Jerry Judy, uh, a couple weeks ago you could have made the argument for. Now I think he's starting to really find his stride, which could be a huge boost for this offense in the second half if he can – you know, start playing to a higher level that we expect him to be. KJ Hamler is another one that I had big expectations for. Looks like he's maybe starting to get a part of the offense. So I think you could you could name a lot of guys on the offense for this one. Uh, but I, I'm going to have to go with Russell Wilson just because, again, his statistics and the way he's playing is just abnormal from what he's done his entire career. But uh, Nick, last few minutes here, what are your expectations for the last half of the season? What I also want to say – What's your prediction? What these nine games? What do you see their record being uh, at the end of these nine games? And and how do you think that the the focus shifts in the second half for this team? Well, not knowing the record for the team in the back half, to me, uh, I'll let you check back with me. I'll let you know after we watch this Titans game, and that'll that'll kind of give me some kind of idea 
of what happened in, during the bye week. Uh, was the offense able to hit the reset button? Was uh, Coach Hackett able to make the necessary adjustment, knowing as though he had some time? So just kind of give me a moment on that because it's kind of hard to read at this moment because I don't want to look at the, the Jags game as just kind of being an anomaly and, hey, yeah, you celebrate that and not knowing how the team moved forward. But for me, this should be something of a, a way to galvanize the team. I mean, obviously you want to go into the bye week with a victory and you want to use that as momentum pushing forward. But now is can the offense finally put it together? When you look at the offensive line, they're really beat up. And Lord Cushenberry is going to be out for some time. So now Graham Glasgow will be the center moving forward. I'm interested in seeing how they can kind of get that unit to jail because I'm thinking maybe it may be a more physical unit, knowing as though you now have Graham next to Dalton Reisner, Quinn Miners. So maybe they may be to drive guys off the ball. But I just want to see a sense of urgency. And I know before we were joking about, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and the captain Ahab, but I want him to take somewhat of a desperation perspective because when you're desperate, you're willing to try almost anything. And I want him to look at the offense in that way. What can I utilize or try that I haven't tried before? And I'm not talking about trick plays with Eric Salbert. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm trying, I'm talking about getting this offense into a rhythm that is sustainable. That's something that I want to see because from the defensive side, yeah, they, they need to make sure they shore up the edges, especially on outside runs, but it's mostly the offense. Can they put consecutive drives together, do it for four quarters, not just the first half and not just in the second half, but four quarters worth of football. If they do that in this game against the Titans, who played Kansas City tough last night, then I'll be able to come back to you and have a better idea of how the season will look moving forward. Yeah, well, I mean, and and I again, this second half of the season is going to be tough, man. Like I mentioned earlier, you got the Titans, you've got the Ravens on the road, uh, you've got the Chiefs twice, Raiders, Chargers. I mean, it, it's going to be a, a tough second half of the season. I think realistic, you, realistically, you're looking at the best they could do is maybe six and three in these last nine games, right? That would put them at what nine and eight for the season. Maybe you sneak into the playoffs. That'd be great, right? If they went six and three. I think a lot of people would take that in the back half of the season if they can if they can somehow string together six wins. Uh, I think they're probably going to go around five and four, four and five in these last few games. Uh, but again, like you said, Nick, it, to me, I don't know if it's so much about the wins as it is. I just want to see the offense get better. I want to see them make improvements week to week. I want to see them be able to run the ball better. I want to see them be able to pick up more yards on first and second down so they're not sitting in those third and longs. I want to see them score more points, Nick. I'm tired of these... 12 to nine games, right? Uh, where they can't, they just can't seem to get the ball in the end zone, right? Um, you know, they make some nice plays here and there and then they, 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 they sputter out, right? So that's what I want to see from this group. And, and I think you're right, Nick. The desperation factor is huge, right? Like I think that Nathaniel Hackett and, and some of these guys are going to play a little bit desperate and that can hurt you sometimes, right? You don't want to always play desperate. Because uh, that can lead to doing some some crazy things. Maybe you're, you know, like you said, running too many trick plays. Like that's not what we're saying. Don't go out mm-hmm. there and start, you know, having Melvin Gordon throw the ball down the field. No, but, no. but you do need to start thinking like we got to start. We got to do whatever it takes to win. And I'm not saying they didn't think that earlier, but I think that they've got to have a new mindset of we've got to figure out ways to win these these close football games. Because the reality is, Nick, like you look at the the first eight games, and as bad as they were at times. 
they're a few plays away from being a five and three football team. You know, you look at that, the Seattle game, you look at uh, on the road against the Raiders, the, the overtime loss, you know, to the Colts, right? Like there's all these games that you could say, man, play here, play there. And all of a sudden this team's five and three, and it's a totally different narrative in Denver, right? So that's what they need to figure out in these last nine games. How can we, how can we win some of these close games? Because while they played some of these tough teams, I'm just convinced they're going to be in these games because I, I think that deep down the Broncos have a good football team. They just have, they don't know how to win. And, and I think that that's what the, that's what you want to see is them figure out. Can they win some of these really close football games? And we saw it last week against Jacksonville. They put it together. They went down, they put down the drive that they absolutely needed to have. They scored a touchdown and then they, the defense turns around and comes up with the play to win the game. That's what you want to see in the second half of the season. Can they do that against some really good football teams? Well, I hope that Coach Hackett, you know, used this time off to look at college football and kind of get rather excited about, you know, the season moving forward. And down in Georgia, they have a quarterback by the name of uh, Stenson Benson. Hopefully, you know, he was able to watch some of the plays that they utilize to kind of get their receivers open and create some opportunities for those guys on their offense. But also, too, you know, just go over and give his, his buddy Luke Getsy a call with Chicago Bears and say, well, what, what was it that you were able to do to kind of get Justin Fields going? Because we've seen Fields in the past couple of weeks look like an entirely different person, even though they added Chase Claypool. But once again, we, we saw him now running the ball, making better decisions. Maybe he was able to call his buddy, figure out a couple of things, and maybe try to implement some of those same things in, in the scheme uh, for Russell as they did with Justin Fields because there's nothing wrong with leaning on a buddy to help you out. I mean, you, you may or may not have to give him credit, but that's what friends are for, right? Yeah, well, and, and the reality too, Nick, you mentioned some teams there. There's a lot of teams that had high expectations this season that have just performed poorly. I mean, you think about the Packers. I mean, look how bad they've been. Uh, obviously, Nathaniel Hackett's former team, and they've they've been they've really struggled. They just lost to the Lions on the road. I mean, they're looking at a, a really bad season. You've got their Super Bowl champions, the Rams. I mean, mm -hmm. they look a, a shell of themselves, right? Uh, you've got the Bills losing to the Jets. Obviously, I still think the Bills are going to be great. They're going to be fine, but uh, they lose to the Jets this last week. So you've got these teams that you know are kind of underperforming. You could even even make an argument the Buccaneers have underperformed this season, right? In terms of the way that they're playing. So I think that sometimes we get caught up in, in Denver and, and I get it right. It's, 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 it's the Broncos and that's all they care about here, but take a look around the league. There's a lot of teams not playing the way that a lot of people expected them to this season. So it's not just the Broncos. The Broncos obviously need to figure it out and the good teams do right. The, the best teams figure it out and they find ways to win. Uh, but I do think that there's something going on around the league. I can't put my, my thumb on it, but uh, I think that, you know, sometimes take a step back and say, man, there's a lot of teams out there that uh, aren't performing as well as obviously a lot of people thought they would. Well, here's what I'll say about that is uh, when you look at all those three teams that you name and those three quarterbacks, they have similar issues to the Denver Broncos, but it's not really talked about as frequently. The offensive line cannot protect a quarterback and they cannot run the ball with stifles the offense and the play action. And two of those quarterbacks have been in the system, well, one, and, and Aaron Rodgers has been in this, in this system for about three or four years. Uh, you look at Matthew Stafford, it's his second year, but they employ the same offense or version of 
that Nathaniel Hackett runs. So that should give Broncos fans not, not something to say, oh, okay, well, they're, they're failing, so that makes us feel better about it. But no, just kind of really look at the situation for what it is, George. Here are these teams that have been successful in the past running a similar scheme, but they are having issues with their offensive line, not pass protecting and not running the ball. So it makes you look at this offense as a whole and say, okay, well, does the scheme not work for the quarterback that you have? And when you're having issues like a Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, and Aaron Rodgers, poor protection, and you can't run the ball, do you need to make some subtle changes? But I'll say this, Byron Leftwich made some changes in that last drive uh, with the Buccaneers. I mean, they moved the ball down the field, and I think they had 30, 40 seconds but they move the ball down the field with quick passes. So that should be somewhat of an idea for Nathaniel Hackett moving forward as far as what he needs to do for Russell Wilson. Yeah, definitely. Again, lots of guys that, I mean, are Hall of Fame quarterbacks struggling this year uh, around the league. So not Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he looks <laughs> phenomenal uh, still. But uh, I, I will, I'll end it with this, Nick, for Broncos country that I know, again, they probably don't want to hear all the optimism. Just – at least you're not the Raiders because uh, I think the Raiders <laughs> are, have a massive mess on their hands. I mean, you've got your best player, Devontae Adams, calling out the coaching plan and, and game plan and play calling after the game. I mean, it's it's a disaster over there. Um, so uh, that's that's the one you know silver lining that you might have right now, Broncos fans. But, Nick, we've got a lot to dive into later this week with the Titans coming up. Uh, so make sure you guys look forward to that. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, make sure you guys share it with your friends and, and family and all that good stuff. So we will see you guys again later this week to break down the Broncos and Titans game.